Podcasting worldwide from Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. The show that takes you through the growth, hardship, self-discovery, lessons, and stories of individuals who achieved success in their own personal path. Trust the process. Welcome back to the Personal Process Podcast. Today, we have Glenn Marsden on our episode. Glenn is the founder of the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign Global, which has a mission of creating a new world for humanity where acceptance and compassion is at the forefront of every human interaction and our differences are celebrated and really, you know, happy to do this because, you know, our differences are something that sometimes people can feel ashamed of, but I think as we'll learn more about, it's something that we should actually really hone in on and appreciate. So thank you for coming in here, Glenn. Is there anything that I missed in the introduction that you'd like to hit on before we get going? Not really. I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to obviously share my story. And just watching your intro there, trust the process. When we delve deep into this, there's a lot to uncover. Absolutely. So I love the intro. Love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Glenn. So speaking of trusting the process in life, this campaign started from a little bit of your backstory, and I don't want to take away your credit from that. So do you mind just sharing a little bit about you and how the Imperfectly Perfect campaign actually originated? Certainly. It actually came from going through adversity myself. So six, seven years ago, being in the health and fitness industry, I noticed there was a re-emerging pattern that was coming up and I was comparing myself. So if we attest that to these days, what people are doing when it comes to social media, entrepreneurship, any kind of personal, professional life, a lot of people nine out of 10 times are comparing their life to a highlight reel. And what I started doing, even though I was surrounded and I was in an environment with health and fitness, I let it start getting to my head to the point I went down the route of body dysmorphia. It started sending me down this spiral, spiral case of really being coming obsessed with what I look like and achieving. And it wasn't a nice place to be in. If anybody has dealt with body dysmorphia, it is a form of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, where you are obsessed with a perceived flaw, which serendipitously calling the campaign imperfectly perfect is about embracing those flaws because that's how God made us. That's what we need to embrace because everything else comes through that. If we can embrace those flaws and make the best of them, however, with body dysmorphia, it gives you a misconception or a misconstrued version of yourself that's not actually real. So for myself, I was training around people in Sydney, Australia, Bondi. People see the highlight reels through Bondi and see these body beautifuls. I was around them 24-7. Little to say, when I was younger, I was the first one on the beach. In my 20s, the first one in the beach never bothered me. When I had my first child, all of a sudden, I was like, hold on a minute. My body's not adapting, even though I'm training with these guys. I'm not as naive as to think some aren't putting supplementation into their bodies, but at the same time, when they're your friends and telling you they're natural, it starts playing with your head. So long story short, I went down a really, really dark place to the point that we did make a move. My wife is from Thailand. We, we met in Australia and childcare in Australia is quite hard to get. So we moved to Thailand to make a life there. I suppose moving to a different culture, being around nobody that I knew, the language, it gave me more time to become obsessed 
So what started with looking in the mirror, checking these perceived flaws for two to three minutes would sometimes get to two to three hours. So you can imagine just the thoughts that are going in your head. And further to that, I, I worked through that. I finally opened up and as a guy to talk about those problems, it was very hard at the time. However, now I can really off like anything because I started spotting it in other people. So I got the help that I needed three and a half years ago. A big attributor to me, like we see, is social media. I turned it off. But because I do photography, I turned it back on because we had pictures of the, well, one child at that time to send to family. I looked at a friend in the UK, as you can hear from the accent. I am from England, but I live in Australia. Um, so I obviously had friends over in the UK from a long time ago. And there was there was a post about a friend who used to go to the gym who had passed away. So I started looking into it and asking some old friends. And it turned out he'd, he'd taken his life, sadly. So for me, I started looking and I saw the highlight reels. He had a corporate career. He had the holidays. He had what looked like the perfect family. Then I saw a video of him and his little boy, same age as my little boy. And for me to know how dark I got, but I spoke out and got the help, for his partner to have to sit down his little boy and say, daddy's never coming home. For me, that was just, that broke my heart. And I was like, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to see what I can do. Started speaking about my experiences, started reaching out to organizations in Australia understandably there's a lot of advocacy wanting to do things so I got thank you but no thank you so for me being a Yorkshire man as they always say I rolled my sleeves up and I was like you know what I don't know what I'm gonna do but I've got a premise I'm gonna utilize photography that I have and for anybody that's watching maybe the recording of this and you can see some of the imagery in the back I started reaching out to some of the uh, biggest public figures not just in entertainment but corporate people that we aspire to be or we look at their highlight reels on social media and think they can't possibly know what it's like to go through this they've got fame they've got money they've got this and 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 that's how it started right on and that's matt and it's just crazy because it seems like both of you were in a very similar situation but just the one factor of you know maybe you being in a slightly better place having the courage to ask for help was the difference and is, would I be wrong to say that this is kind of what really motivated you? And Because the Imperfectly Perfect campaign is a global campaign right now, and it's not an easy feat, as I could only imagine. So is that what kind of fueled the fire behind this? It was all that fueled it. It was just this passion that I've never seen or this drive. So whether and now you tend to go on this personal journey, this personal development, and then all of a sudden in it, you start realizing and not resonating with things and, and and suddenly you're drawn towards more spiritual sides and then you start noticing patterns and serendipitous things and you're like, okay, there's something more to it here because this is a guy who, his background with his health and fitness, who started this thing from a pure passion project and doors started opening to some of the world's biggest names. And when we're talking the world's biggest names, it was like Dr. Joe Dispenza, Wim Hof, and it just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. I work hard, but I had no experience with marketing. I had no experience with podcasting. I had no experience in networking properly with the kind of the caliber of people that I am. And I learned every step of the way, which is why I loved your intro about trust the process, because that process is bloody hard. And I am somebody who 
I hate the word authenticity because I think marketing has skewed that word these days. Agreed. But I do believe that once you learn to surrender and step into your truth, you will naturally attract the right people because we work on frequencies. And when somebody's feeling you or vibing you, however you want to look at it, that is the main motivator behind the whole thing. My friend and me having experienced it myself. Right on. And when you first started this, you just mentioned that, you know, you didn't have the biggest background in networking. You didn't really have the connections that you have right now on your campaign. How did you actually reach out to people? And I can only imagine you messaged like hundreds, thousands of people just, you know, getting ignored, getting put on red and not continuing. Like, what was the initial steps that really kick drove this campaign? Yeah. So... I'm going to say I, I, I come from the school of Gary Vee on YouTube. <laughs> so I came across him when I first started this campaign. And one of the things that stuck with me is he said to an audience of maybe 10,000 people, he said, okay, so I'm going to be brutally honest. Obviously with him, he swears quite a lot as well. He said, there's going to be 1% of people who actually listen to me and they implement everything that I say. 99% are going to be back the following year in the same seats asking the same questions. And that stuck with me. And I was like, you know what? I am. So I started listening to him. And to say that I knew nobody, there was just this resilience in me. And I utilized social media for its intended purpose. I picked up and I started sending voice notes. I wanted people to hear my sincerity behind it. And put it this way, celebrities, corporate leaders, they're probably like, they're inundated with people. And I think it stops people because if you've got that thought process going, they're never going to see my message or I just don't do it. And I was just like, you've got nothing to lose. And I think this is what I want to bring forward when it comes to this world of entrepreneurship and coaches out there. And I make no judgment, but I think it's come to a place where there's so much show and still a facade of going, if you asked me that question there and you was like, how did you get in touch with that? I know straight away, as you do you, there'd be some people going, but that's my secret. You have to pay me $10,000 and I'll give you that knowledge. Whereas I'm like from the old school going, you know what, a little bit of wisdom that you've been brought on by somebody that came across your path. Why can't you just share that with somebody else? Like if they want the strategic process and how to set up certain things, yes, we've all got bills and we all need to survive. But if you can impart a little bit, then that. So I utilize social media. I just picked up the phone I'd either text first, and then as soon as I heard back, I would send. But, of course, you're dealing with highly prolific people who probably get inundated. So sometimes they don't see the message. So what's going to stop you from finding other ways to get in touch with them? Like, have a look where else they are and, and just keep going. The resilience is there. Because like Gary Vee often said, if you don't hear about the first time, well, maybe it's because they're busy. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe they've just got 101 projects or more. But yet, if you follow up every other week, one day it might just happen to land in front. It might just show that person that you're looking for. I mean, like I say, when it comes to corporate leaders, some of these big people, the thing that they always say to me, now I've built a relationship. The thing about you, Glenn, is you've got resilience. It's like you don't stop to the point it gets annoying. <laughs> but if you've got a mission or a purpose, whether entrepreneurship or a movement like I did, like you have got nothing left to lose. Absolutely. 
And that's so true. Even for some of the guests on my show, I swear I've emailed them seven times in a row over the span of like six months. You know, how's next week? No reply. Okay. Monday, Wednesday on this date? No reply. How about 5 p.m. today? And then they'd reply like, okay, let's do it tomorrow at this time. And, you know, (laughs) you're exactly right, Glenn. You know, sometimes they're busy. Sometimes they have other things on their mind. And I think coming back to what you were saying earlier, when those frequencies match between you, that's when the money starts. And the frequencies doesn't always have to align, but there could be just that one sweet spot where you get this in. And Glenn, I just wanted to kind of dig in a little bit to your answer here. You mentioned that when you don't find them on Instagram, for example, you try other mediums. Can you share, you don't have to mention the name, but just one particular example where the initial message didn't work on Instagram, maybe you sent a voice note and then you went about it a different way and how you went about it specifically? Yeah. So again, that comes to the whole premise of, of what you're about when it comes to trust the process. It's you have to think outside the box. So if you wanted to reach me per se and, and you tried Instagram, you're like, okay, maybe he's not present on there. So let's Google his name. Let's utilize free resources. Google Glenn Marsden. Okay. He's on LinkedIn. He's got a Facebook page. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got this. Let, let's try all those mediums. And what's stopping me asking a simple question? Because the way that I look at things now is if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it's not, it'll not happen. Move on to the next thing. And that's how I just go through. But it is when it comes to trust that process, it's not just a process of doing strategic steps. It's also in here as well, in your mind, how you revert to changing the narratives. Because at the beginning, you could try so many times and you could get frustrated and then you're bringing yourself back to an old narrative. Whereas turn that frustration and just think about it going, hey, you know what? Maybe this isn't meant to be now. Maybe I follow up next week like you did six, seven times. And it just filters. So utilize all the platforms. Have a look. Google is amazing. And I think people try and overcomplicate it because of what they're seeing on social media. I can make you six, seven figures in six, seven weeks, less than that. It's just getting to the point now where it's confusing too many people too quick. And I'm like, if I can show people, go back to bloody basics. Opportunities come from people. People will get you through doors that you never knew possible. So stop trying to pitch people. Stop trying to, like, you're on LinkedIn. People, how many people get in touch with you? They don't even know you and they pitch you straight away. So I change that narrative to them and I'm going, you know, normally when I go on a date, people ask me my name first. Like, so I have a little bit of fun with them, but I'm just like, who is it that's teaching you to pitch straight off the bat? Because you don't know what my business is. And if you actually paid attention to what it was and drew a relationship with me, I could possibly open the door to all of my network to keep you in business for the next five years, 10 years. Absolutely. And when you quick success thing, it's, it's like firing all cylinders. Absolutely. And those are really great points. But one thing that I just wanted to kind of get more of your insight on, you're mentioning having a relationship aspect with all these people that you're mentioning. And you also mentioned that you're going after high profile people who are super busy I'm really intrigued on what your strategy for this was. And I know that you shouldn't like complicate it, but like where you just, I, I doubt you're just sending a high message, for example, and expecting them to reach out to you. So I'm wondering if you'd talk a bit more about that. Yep. I'm going to burst your bubble here. That's how I did it. You said that. <laughs> I literally did. Like 
I, I'm more than happy. I'll, I'll send you one of the same messages that I sent each person. I just didn't overcomplicate it. I was just like, I was on a mission and I was like, you know what? People are either going to resonate it or not. If you try to be something different than you are, you're going to start putting walls up. People will start noticing if they're stuck in a part of their business and there's a repeating pattern, take it or look at it as a test going, okay, well, this has come up again. Why am I attracting this? It's clearly me that's the problem. And I've just always gone from the notion. And these people that like people can look on the podcast, they can look who's behind the campaign. These are big names that have probably got a lot of people. And how can you be different by being yourself? So hi, hi. <laughs> right on. So you just say hi. And I guess you'd have a little banter and then be like, okay, well, I'm doing this. Uh, and then you kind of just ask them, okay, would you like to come on? Would you like to pitch on why you agree with this? Is that how it would work? Yeah, so it's a, it's an initial hi. I don't just like hi and that's it. I'll I'll go into what what it's about, okay. but I right. will go into hi. Absolutely love your work. I'll know that if they're an advocate, because you want people essentially to. If I was reaching out to you, I wouldn't just reach out to anybody without even looking into that person. So, because I'm so ingrained in the mental health advocacy part. I need to know that their story and their missions align with what I'm doing because if values aren't their integrity towards what it's about. And then people are often like, well, you've got, well, you've got over 450 international public figures on there. How much have you paid them to come on board? How much have you paid for publicity? How much have you zero dollars? And everyone's like, how have you done that? And I'm like, by being myself and people have resonated. And those relationships, my phone is backed up with continuous messages between because I'll keep building them, just checking in on them. And it's nothing to do with the IPC. It's just checking in and going, hey, how are you doing? And you start noticing things on people's socials when people, if you pay attention, if people pull back and they're not present for something or People are people at the end of the day. And if you're building a relationship, now I've, I this is the start of a relationship for us. If I'm noticing your stuff on socials and I notice that you are suddenly just, you've been off for like two or three weeks and it's unlike you, I would be the type of person because of what I've been through and experienced and seen of reaching out and going, hey, is everything all right? You notice patterns if you want to pay attention. Right. And... It's interesting. Last week's guest, actually, Blake Fly, he talks about this and showing genuine compassion for people in the 21st century is so yeah. odd. You know, people always reach out when they want something. Hey, come on my show. Hey, come on, do this. Hey, but when you actually reach out with someone with genuine care, that's how you make your relationship stick. That's how you stand out. That's how you show your authenticity. And I really love the fact that you brought that up. Now, one thing that I do want to talk about is a little bit about the campaign. You've had appearances on shows, podcasts. How did you structure this? I'm again going back to the fact that, you know, this is something that was new for you. And now you've really branded this into a global level. Did you reach out to the news stations? Is it the same kind of process? Is it just back to the basics? Yeah. It's like some people will say it's like, you're like an anomaly, like you've done everything kind of backwards and how you've done it, because a lot of people would be like, because of what they hear from marketing on these coaches, I can show you this, I can show you this, but yet you'll have to pay me 10,000 or whatever. And I'm just like, I didn't have the resources. 
you will notice if you don't have the resources, like I've got mortgages, I've got kids, and I'm like, I don't have a spare 10K just to throw on a coach, that if I was looking for a coach, I'd actually want to see that they walk the walk. There's a lot of people in the 21st century that talk a good talk. So first of all, I'd like to know how they're making a, a business sustainable and what systems they're using. So I would know that, yes, okay. But the same thing is this whole process and, and when we talk about success, whatever that looks like for anybody, anybody that is truly successful, and I mean in terms of whether that's wealth, happiness, it's like it took me, a lot of these people I now know, it took me 10 to 20 years to be an overnight success. Whereas these days, everyone's like, I can make you this amount of money in this amount of time. And you're just like, I now get to associate with some of the most successful people in the world that are millionaires and billionaires. And it took them years. But yet you're telling me that you're suddenly a millionaire within six weeks. Like, and no judgment, everyone's on the journey. But why I'm why I'm explaining that is because this process and trust the process is so bloody hard. So I was in a fitness career. I moved away from that because I, I started building this. And I was like, how am I going to do this during the day? So I actually jumped back in construction, which I've not done since my college years. So think of a structured day. I was getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I was going to the gym because that's my mental clarity. I was listening to podcasts. I'd get on a work site at 6 a.m. I'd be there till 6 p.m. I'd get home and spend an hour with the kids, put them to bed with my wife, spend an hour with my wife. So what we on there, like 8 o'clock, 8.30 p.m. Then from 8.30 p.m. till maybe 11, 11.30 at night, for two years, mate, <laughs> that, was, that, that was me. And within that, those hours in the night, I would learn how to write a press release, how to network properly, how to look for people, what you do with journalists, how to market for free, how to build your email list, how to, how to, how to. And that was like for two years. But I'm very grateful within 12 months, it went to America and it got that international status to become global. And now we've built it to um, IPC Global, which is an organization, which is incredible. But that process, I try to showcase everything through my socials. Like you've seen some of the stuff that I post and I'm like, I'm very open in going, it's bloody hard. <laughs> like, because I often see a lot of people, again, they've made the success, they've made the money. And that's when they talk about how hard it was. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just talk about how hard it is going through. Because there's, when you're trying to, I think these days that the word fake it till you make it has been misconstrued because the people that I know have said when that word came, it was like fake it till you make it in terms of, if you're going in a boardroom, own it. The fake it is confidence. But now it's ultimately like fake it till you make it. I'm going to post on social media that I'm making all this money and I've got all these cars and I've got all this. But in fact, you're only hindering yourself because what you're doing is you're portraying something that may not be real. And then when you do need help, you're going to put yourself in a position of I can't ask for help because now people are going to go, well, I thought you was a millionaire. I thought you was a billionaire. So you're in fact, you're messing with your head, which is the IPC is trying to, like I say, destigmatize not just the conversation, but embrace those imperfections, the process. It's not easy. If people collectively can actually openly talk about the struggles that is there, we'd be in a lot better bloody position than we are today with everybody trying to compete, compare, judge and everything. 
Absolutely. And when you said that line about, you know, people posing as something that they're not, and then, you know, exactly like when they hit rock bottom, they're going to be like, Hey guys, I actually have zero dollars because the day before they posted a picture in their rented Lamborghini in Miami that costs, I don't know, yep. let's say 2000 bucks. And man, the amount of mental health issues I think is in a way coming from this posing because everyone's trying to show that they have everything yep. going on and, you know, they show their glamorous lifestyle, their vacations. And then you look at their bank account or you look at their relationship life and it's like, you don't actually want the background images, but you just want those snapshot moments that they've invested more than they have on this. And that kind of just creates a loop where everyone wants to be like the, what's the word for this? Everyone wants to be like the Jamesons. Everyone wants to be like their neighbors. And it's like, no one wins. Everyone's losing in this scenario. Now, that was just an important part that I wanted to reiterate because I thought it was freaking awesome, Glenn. So thank <laughs> you for sharing that. But can I, I just, if, if I can just say to that please. point, there has been points along my journey. So this is the thing about highlight reels and why I do share that journey is because the IPC from an external, I'll get people reach out. They'll see the celebs. They'll see the big names. They'll see all the publicity. They'll see all that. There has been times my bank account has been empty. COVID hit. So I was earning all this money, and then my kids were off school. My wife works for the government, so she had the career, and she's like juggling me with this entrepreneurship because I'm trying to do this mission. My money just went all the way to the bottom. But I was transparent in telling people that because there were days when I were in the bathroom listening to my kids play thinking, shit, I can't, what am I going to do? If it weren't for my wife, what am I going to do? But I actually started noticing that when we look at things spiritually and, and people were drawn to me, they said, Glenn, do you realize what's happening? And I was like, no, I'm just struggling. Like <laughs> I'm trying to help everybody else and I'm emptying my bucket. And what had happened? They're going, you're actually being shown what it's like for some of those people you're trying to help. So change that narrative. And I was like, very true. And on the flip side to that, your profile is getting higher because of your platform you're getting all these people suddenly reaching out to you, wanting to know you, but not really wanting to know you, just who you can connect them to. So I suddenly started hearing from people, even friends I've not heard from ages, and it wasn't even the fact of, hey, Glenn, how are you? It was, hey, mate, so I've started this new business. I just wondered whether you could connect me. So it was like, look through me, look over me, look around me. And I was like, this is hard. Like, but you are literally being torn of every little thing on this process. And that's trust the process, keep walking. And what was being shown to me then, again, friends came and they was like, well, you know, all the people you're talking to, the celebrities, the corporate leaders, these people, now you know what it's like for them because you don't know what they have to go through and they don't know who's real. And I was like, oh my God, this is even harder. I'm like getting it from there, getting it from there. And I'm like, boom. And that's why I wanted to share it because it isn't easy, this entrepreneurship, but if you can keep walking and putting one foot in front of the other and finding the people that are going to be there for you when you are struggling, which is why you should never portray that you have all this money or anything because people don't ask for help and you're just going to make yourself look and feel helpless with your mental health if you're portraying something that's not real. You're just dropping bombs of knowledge here, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, there, there, there was two points I want to talk about this. So first of all, you mentioned the fact that, you know, you have to change your mindset on this. So when you went through that struggle, instead of saying like, holy moly, what's going on at the play? You're like, 
Maybe this is something that you needed to go through to understand the perspective of the people you want to help. That's so powerful. And I'm not sure if you heard this story. I believe it was mentioned on Joe Rogan, but essentially there was a Chinese farmer and initially I'm going to paraphrase it and use some different examples because I can't remember it perfectly, but they had their sheep come along and their sheep died by, let's say, I don't know, lion comes and eats their sheep. Neighbors come in and say, oh, that's terrible. And then the farmer says, oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens. The next day, the police officers come and the army conscripts and they say that we need to take all of these animals away and there's going to be a levy on everyone who has a sheep. And then the people come, the neighbors come, oh, what good fortune. The farmer says, I don't know. The next day, the son is, uh, you know, coming into the fields, trying to plow the wheat and he breaks his leg. Neighbors come in. Oh, how unfortunate. Farmer says, maybe next day conscript comes. There's a war. And people who have a broken leg can't come. Oh, what good fortune. Farmer says, well, maybe we'll see. And the whole point is you don't know what reason we have for our situations in life. And although something can seem initially a negative or a positive, there are different ways for us to look at it. And we can't really control what happens to us. But I believe that the way that we see the world has such a profound impact on not only us, but on others. And I mean, when you had that revelation on seeing this as an innate experience of your mission. I can only imagine how much fuel and charge you got from that. So thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if you had any comments on this before I went on to my second point. I just think it gets to a point where, and I don't know where you are on your journey. Um, so you're going to have to tell me after the show or something, because I always find it fascinating. If you're genuinely interested in other people's stories, the people that now I have got, and one thing that I've taken away from this campaign is it blows me away every time somebody I recognize comes on the show and I listen to their story and I'm just like, what? So literally you're like telling us what society is put on us and external everything is fame doesn't make you happy. Money doesn't make you happy. All this stuff that we've been brought up and it's all perpetuated that we need to, and then we put ourselves in this endless cycle to gain that ultimate happiness is to actually be broken, to strip everything. And I want to share with you, and I'll make this one quick, when it talks about that. So a whole part of the IPC, one of the biggest stories is, and I'll make it fast, but basically in the olden days, there was um, some Thai monks. And basically they had a palace and there was golden Buddhas. So there was a war coming and they knew that they had to hide one of their golden Buddhas. So what they did is they put mud, they put clay, they put silt on. And through the years, as everything went, that never got found. But the monastery remained. And years later, there was a storm. And one of the monks went outside and saw a little glimmer that was coming from, from um, the, this thing of mud and clay. So the next morning when it went over, he told the rest of the monks and they came out and they started chipping away and they uncovered the golden Buddha. With that being said, we are the golden Buddha that has had so much shit thrown on us from every direction that we need to uncover <laughs> all that shit to find out the golden Buddha that is within us, which is embracing your imperfections. It's so true. And oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, you're just dropping too many bombs here. It might be World War Three earlier than we thought, eh? <laughs> oh man, it, it's so true though. It's it's what's within us, and I think you know, recently in the past two years, I've just tried to be a lot more authentic, a lot more honest, even in times where it can lead me into 
situations that aren't the best. Obviously, you don't want to be in conflicts with people, but I've noticed that for myself, I feel a lot more happier. I feel a lot more content. I've been able to foster a lot more genuine connections. And the people that are meant to be in my life seem to just really fit in quickly. And the people that aren't or they're trying to use me, it kind of just deters them away. So it's such a powerful message. And I think on the notion of deterring, I wanted to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, Glenn, where now you've come up in your business journey for the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. You know influencers from the highest caliber and your previous connections are now using you seemingly as just a conduit to help themselves. How did that make you feel and how did this change your perception of the world in your own life? You have got to be so strong and have such a support system of high caliber people who have been through that to get you through those moments. Because I'll tell you, it can get dark where you're going, am I becoming cynical now? Do I trust anybody? Is anybody reaching out for Glenn for Glenn? And like, I'm happy because I've got my wife and I've got my kids. But on the outside, as a guy, you want your guy mates, you want people to go, let's go for a beer or let's just catch up. And just to suddenly have people hanging around you and then just suddenly when they get what they want, and I, I speak openly about this because I think it's important for people to understand that there have been people on my journey where I may be gullible, but I know it's a lesson that you've got to learn, is I would start knowing somebody and we'd be hanging around training together and got to know my family and got to know theirs um, to the point I never liked really being on camera. I wasn't comfortable. So when I was getting TV shows to talk about it, I'd invite some people on like who were well-known but to the point where it kind of overshadowed the whole aspect because then they was talking about their show and everything, which was fine. I, I didn't mind, but I got told things along the way like, oh, Glenn, this is parallel publicity. This is that and that. And when you don't know, you don't know. And then after that, it was a case of never hearing back hmm. to the point where I would text and I'd be like, have I done something wrong? Because it's like I've been given the cold shoulder and I don't, and it was a good friend who actually is in entertainment and, and and pointed out that sometimes if it is the wrong person throughout anything in your life because they're in entertainment and they experience it, you also have to remove that judgment because when it comes to anything, they might have become cynical about people as well. So it's this endless cycle that this that it needs to be broken because if if somebody like me has said to them, I am led by the heart. So I'll be like, you know what? When I get where I need, I will be pulling everyone who's helped me along my journey. And I always have. However, for somebody who may have been told that several times that I didn't know they'd been told that and been used and manipulated before, they could be like, well, Glenn could be pulling my leg just like every other person has done before. So again, it's changing that narrative right. because you, you you can't hold on to bitterness or frustration because we don't know what's happened to them in their past. And I think the more you can remove things like this, and that comes from a supportive network that have been through that journey. If you don't have that, you need to get around people. And I think you start learning, you know, on your journey when people start saying, and, and these coaches and they're like, you've got to charge your worth. And the five people that you hang around with are going to be the people that you become. And you hear it so many times. And I'm like, those questions are so redundant on the start of your journey. Because how do you know how to charge your worth? You're just looking at, like, you need 
to be around people that show what you've done. And for me, for me, I started consulting and consulting organizations because they wanted to know how I'd done what I'd done. And for ages, I was still jumping on construction and helping them, then going, Glenn, you're the idiot because they're getting all this knowledge and you're still going 12 hours a day on a construction site. But again, it's learning. Um, and, and the whole point of that is, is those questions are redundant at the beginning. You're on your own journey. And for someone to say, the five people that you hang around with, I get. But there's a whole journey that you have to learn of how do I know if the right people, they might be successful, they might have got money, but do they have the same values and integrity? Would they jump over somebody else just to make money? Whereas I personally couldn't. Someone I know told me the other day about, I'm not getting into the whole vaccine stuff and that, but said, everybody's got a price. So if I'm offering an opportunity and someone said, but you need to do this for that. And I was like, I don't believe that. And he was like, come on, everyone's got the price. And I said, what I've been through over the past three years with this campaign and seeing and what I've done, I said, I don't believe that because you should never have to make a choice. What's meant for you in this life is meant for you. And if someone said, you need to take this and then I'll give you this, I'd be like, if I was meant to get that, nobody would be taking that. Absolutely. And it comes back to the point you meant earlier. You know, you can't control what happens if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and then you go with it. And I think with regards to the notion of, you know, people have a price for it, I think it's true, but only for people that have had not defined values or have yeah. broken them in the past. Because if you've broken your values in the past, let's say it's integrity, but someone offered you a million dollars to, I don't know, promote a product that does a lot of harm for individuals you're more likely to do something that's similar to that, maybe a less magnitude in the future because you've already broken that pillar. I, I see values as kind of the pillars for a home, right? It's like, if you break one, you kind of already broke it. So it's like, it's flooding in already, right? But it's it's really important that we keep the things that we have with us and the people with us in the same values because I think regardless of the money, regardless of the connections that you have with other individuals, if you're surrounded by people with different values, I can't, I don't know if you'd agree with me, Glenn, but I don't think you feel whole, you know, you feel like you're out of place. You feel that you don't fit in. And I don't know if that's a life that anyone wants to live. I think you have to go through the process and learn. But when I do hear people talking about these five people that you hang around with, and a lot of people really do attest it to like successful people. It depends what success looks like to people, because I'll tell you something. What I've noticed is in my hardest times and darkest times, I would rather have those people there that hold my values and hold my back when maybe I'm I, I'm down to my last penny or something than than just because somebody for show looks like they're successful. It it's but again, there's no judgment because when you're walking on your own journey, it's like we come into this we come into this life on our own. We go out on our own, and we we really do have to navigate it. And that's why different things happen to us all. And that's why we've all got a story. Absolutely. And no, I completely agree with that. So I think, Glenn, I have two more questions, maybe three prior to us finishing up. But one question I wanted to ask you, and this is honestly just something personal that I just wanted to ask you. You seem like someone who's very compassionate that shares your heart with other people like openly. And I can only imagine that that's been crushed and crumbled a few times. I'm wondering how you can keep on doing that and, you know, keep putting all of you out to the world because you know you need to do it. But there is pain with doing that, too, especially with people with malintent. Yeah. I, look, 
this is a this is a thing that I had a lot to work through. And again, it comes back to that supportive network. Luckily within mine, through who I've met through the campaign, like with everything that we do with the IPC, we do have positive psychologists, we have clinical psych, we have all this. So not only do they help with the campaign, but we make sure the team is always there, first and foremost, showing up every day with with their mental emotions intact, that whatever they're going through, they have sessions. But it was, it was one of those hardest things because there, there is a fine line between you going into frustration, bitterness, noticing patterns going, why I'm attracting these people that are just wanting to use me, not going, well, you know what, I'm just going to quit because this is just doing my head in now. Like I'm pushing everyone else to the front and yet I'm emptying my bucket to the point there's nothing left. I'm going to burn out soon. So I think it comes with experience and I think it strongly does come with talking. And that's my whole point about IPC. It's have the conversations, whether it's entrepreneurial, whether it's because we know there's a lot of mental health stuff out there that's amazing. There's the men's, there's the women's, there's different, there's different. Whereas I goes, I just want to ultimately put it under one umbrella because it is a catalyst, mental health issues from every different thing. You can meet the bin man, whatever profession it is, who could be at the right place at the right time and just say some words to you that actually hit you and you needed to hear those words. So I think instead of overcomplicating it, but that what you said there, it, it was a hard time. And I think the smarter you get in business, you've got to remember on this trust the process where it comes to entrepreneurship, when you're doing something like a movement or trying to help people, there also comes a lot of ethics into play where you're almost like, I can't charge people for things because I'm doing it because I want to help people. However, you're emptying your bucket so much and I once heard from a successful businessman, too many people are scared to make a profit. If you make a profit like your Richard Branson's and that, how many more people can you help in the world? People don't think like that a lot of the time. And I didn't, to be honest with you, because I was too busy going, well, I can't make this. So there was people coming at me going, are you, are you a non-for-profit? Are you a for-profit? What's this, that, and that? And to say I had no experience, I was researching. I got with a lawyer and I said, what's the difference? And then noticed there are a lot of non-for-profits who are making a shit ton of money. And I'm like, okay, how is this working? And what percentage is going back to people? So I said, and I was joking, I said, you know what? I'm going to be different. I'm going to be like Robin Hood. I'm going to build an organization, go to organizations and charge them for what we're doing for them and giving back to where we can. So we can be the people that can do the resources and that for the public. But it's a whole mind shift change as well. And that comes from that support network going, Glenn, you can keep going. You can be one of the nicest people and broke. Or you can be a better person and you can build the wealth so you can help these billions of people that you're trying to help. So it's, it is that. You need to overcome those obstacles. And the money barrier for me, when we look back at our childhood stuff and that and what stories you tell, mine was probably the finance because we didn't start off with much. So these patterns that I had to uncover with that and my my emotions and how I dealt with money. And once you get past that and the money does start coming in from other means and paid speaking engagements and, and, and mentoring organizations and stuff, and then you can put into your business. But it's a process again. Trust it. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, that was beautiful. And you know, when you mentioned that uh, notion on, you know, you have to charge money if you actually want to make an impact. It brought me back to a time, I think I was around 20 years old. I had a mentor that I kind of look at as like an older brother. And he was asking me like, 
well, how much money do you want to make and all of this? He was telling, I was telling, oh, you know, I just want to make enough. I want to, you know, have a wife, have a kid, pay for the apartment, you know, go out, have some. I'm not sure if you're a fan of sushi, but in Vancouver, sushi is prime. So I'm just like, you know, have a weekly sushi, maybe some wings nights with the friends and I'll be good. He's like, and, you know, help people because I enjoy helping people. Volunteering is a big part of my life. And he's like, okay, cool. But, you know, with more money, you can help a lot more people, right? And I don't know what it was. It was that it just like clicked. And then I'm just like, you're right. And at that point, I'm just like, okay, well, my values are connected with doing good for other people. And now I've actually like organized my values into like a flow chart and all that good stuff. But it's like now if I have more money, it's kind of just adding in potential energy to make my values become more of a reality. And I think that's something that more people should actually aspire to do. And perhaps I think I was in the same situation where when I was growing up, money was kind of like a taboo topic. But then I learned more about it, improved my personal finances. And it just reminded me of that. So I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> it is. It's, it's all interconnected. And, and like you were speaking about earlier, it's when certain people have to be removed from your life. And it's not a bad thing, but it comes to okay, if you start charging for things because you are trying to help people, money in the hands of good people are going to do better things. So if someone's got a problem with that and they start attacking you, so for example, if someone gets in touch with me that knows me and go, oh, well, I'm just doing this and I just wondered if you could help me and stuff like that. When it comes to my mentoring and coaching, that business side, I'm like, well, yeah, this is how much I charge. And they're like, oh, you've changed and you've done this, this and this. You have to learn to understand that that's on them. That's not on you. They're not getting what they want. So, of course, but if you look at the bigger picture, they're actually wanting your help to further their business to make money, but they're attacking you because you want to charge them. Like the irony in that in itself, but because if you are an empathetic person, compassionate, it's very hard, even as a guy, to be known as, oh, well, you used to help everyone. Let's not get them misconstrued. IPC is about helping the masses. When it comes to me and people wanting my time and learning how to do stuff as a mentor or a coach, I'm very transparent and go, I'll help you, but I'm not going to be like a lot of these people that are going, how can I be of service? I'll help you and then get you onto a call and then say, but this is my program and this is this. And fair enough, that's what some people do, but I'm just going to go, okay, well, this is how much I charge and this is what I can do for you. And that's going to further my mission with IPC to help those people for free things that I can do for free for those people. But yeah, the, the, the money in, in the hands of good people will go far further than the money in the hands of bad people that are just doing it for selfish reasons. Absolutely. And I think that point on, you know, being self-aware of the situation, because everyone has a different goal and objective yep. in their mind and being aware to say like, okay, maybe that's a them problem, not a me problem. And just understanding it without judgment, resentment, hate, or anything malice, you know, nothing in your heart does the very big service. And by having our goals or vision, because we know we have to have some sort of potential energy to kickstart our vision forward as you've done so greatly with IPC. It just helps the world go forward. And I think, Glenn, just being cognizant on time, I want to shift gears here, ask my final question, then we'll go on to our closing remarks. But in the bio in your website, you mentioned that when you were struggling with this body dysmorphia and the loss of a friend, you use escapism to, I guess, as a way to um, go away from these feelings. 
I'm wondering if you can define what escapism means for you and how you actually were able to get away from that habit to treat that and move forward with your life. Because I think this is something that a lot of people unknowingly are in the hamster wheel of going through. Yeah, I think for me that escapism was I am a creative. So anything that you're cognizant of of removing those thought processes. So mine was almost like, well, I did work on cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a form of, of changing that narrative and things like that. But in terms of the escapism, for me, I would say to anybody, get out of your head. So as much as you can remove yourself, find things that you do enjoy. So mine was passion, photography. It was the gym, even though it was also my downfall, because the gym for me is a place of community environment. I talk to anybody. So it, it, that's a great, another thing I'll just say there is networking. People say, how do you meet people? The gym all the time. So find something collectively. But one of the things I would say to people a lot of the times is um, go and do something for people. Like you said, you volunteer. When you actually realize how good you have got it, that's not to take away any problem that you've got, but you can go and volunteer and you can help people and you you start changing a bit of process and going, actually, there mm. are things that I'm grateful for. And again, that being being cognizant of, of how grateful you are for certain things is going to help you a lot more to escape those problems. But do seek help for it at the same time. Absolutely. No, I, I agree full heartedly. And I think when you connect with people, especially when you do good for others, there was actually a study in, um, I believe it was UBC, that essentially showed that if you are able to choose between getting $5 to buy something for yourself or getting $5 to spend on someone else, when they rated their subjective happiness in the study later, they found that the individuals who did something for other people made them happier too. So if anyone's ever feeling down, I think by volunteering their time, helping others, even as simple as something as saying hi to a stranger, it really does make us happier. And I'd really encourage anyone to do that who's listening to this show right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Glenn, again, just cognizant on time. So we're going to go into our closing remarks. The way our show usually ends is I ask the guest, which is you right now, uh, if you had a final message for the audience, what would it be? It could be on anything that um, we talked about currently or anything that we didn't get to talk about. So I'll let you go for that one right now. Yeah, I one of the things I always like people to think of is really attesting to your, your podcast about, and I always say trust the process because it is vital to remember to keep putting one foot in front of the other and it's going to get hard. So for somebody who has built something, and I'm still on my journey, yes, I've got to a certain level, but new levels, there's new devils. It, it gets harder along that process. So I just want you to remember in a day and age where we are looking at highlight reels and people if they are honest with themselves, they look at others, they compete, they compare, they think other people's lives, just really change that narrative in your head. Like it comes to everything else, what's meant for me is meant for me. It can't be taken away. And what's meant for you is meant for you. So why compete? Because you're going to get where you need to go in your life and I'm going to get to where I need. So why are we looking at competing? Why don't we try and actively come together and I'll just say, when it comes to business and successful people, what they're looking for in the difference that I now know is they're looking for people to actually go, what are you doing and how can I help you? Because think about it, you're wanting to get to a certain level. So remove yourself from the 
forgive me for saying, but the selfishness of what can I get and think about giving. Spend six months building relationships with people on this entrepreneur journey and nothing else and see what you can do for other people, especially those people that you're trying to emanate or similar paths, similar journeys. Reach out and just say, what do you need help with? But don't just do that and I know we've got the time thing, but this this is just one. Uh, this is a big bomb that drops. When you're reaching out, people also think if you're going, how can I help you? Just really remind yourself that what you are doing there. Think about a job interview. You're then putting the burden on that person to think of how they can help you. There's a lot of coaches that do say this to people. Say, ask people how you can help them. But the further you go, if you came to me and said, how can I be assistance? How can I help? That would mean between all my things that I've got going on, I've got to go, oh, hold on a minute. Let me look what needs doing. Da, 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 da. Whereas yeah. you know your skills and your attributes, what you bring to the table. If you look at what I'm doing or you ask what I'm doing and go, hey, I've noticed this. Do you need help with this? Because I can do it and I'm willing to just do something for you for free or what like a lot of people won't do things for free put it this way i've done a lot of free things and it comes back in your favor um either way make sure you are really aware of people's situations and their time absolutely and i think that point on you know doing your research and giving an important person who doesn't have much time a tailored response on how you can help without giving them any thing to think about is such an important piece that is very nuanced and very integral in my opinion. So with that said, Glenn, the next question, and this is a final question before we say our goodbyes, is where can people find you? And this is just a platform for your shout outs. So feel free to take as long as you like for this, whether it's for the campaign or your own social media handles. Yeah, thanks. So they can go to the official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org. They can find us across every single social. We're pretty much everywhere. Um, at the moment, we are just launching a platform for our community to go on there. And we've got an opportunity. We are doing our own publishing leg at the moment. So we're bringing a book out, which has got several of the celebrities. And we've given the opportunity to 15 people to share their story. So if there is anybody listening that's really wanting to get their story out to the world, on a public platform that's got this big reach, they go through a whole process with the positive psychologist. So it's not, let me spill out my trauma. It's really working through that process. Um, and then they get to be in, it, it's called pay it forward. So essentially what that book is, is when you have read that book of people's experiences, there's a part in there that you leave a note for a stranger and on the front, you put a post it, say, read it, love it, pass it on. And what's happened, there's already three volumes. So this is the fourth volume. People have found it in like Morocco and they've they've read it and then they've sent it forward and people have found it on a train. So you just leave it. And the whole idea with IPC is you leave it because the person that may be going through something who comes across that book at the right time is meant to find that book. So an incredible opportunity if people are wanting to have a look into it, just go to the website. That is so beautiful, Glenn. And yeah, this was just a fantastic podcast. I took a lot away from it. I really appreciated your time with this, the fun we had together, the stories you brought. And, you know, just to recap a little bit, we talked about how this campaign started. You were someone who hasn't done this before and you just brought it back to the basics. You started by being yourself, messaging people, saying hi, a little pitch about what you're 
you know, trying to achieve, trying to give a tailored message to these people on how you can help them for free. And, you know, this came from something that was personal for you and the challenges that came through your life. You looked at it through a different lens, saw it as necessary for your progress forward with this and took that and really persevered through it. And this is just such a pivotal example of trusting your process in life and you know from the two years that you had like what was it four and a half hours of sleep that that's that's crazy that's while much. working construction too yeah oh. still getting rid of the bugs oh, <laughs> those are war scars right there <laughs> but thank you so much glenn i i really appreciate our time together you're welcome i i just want to say before i go the stuff that you're doing obviously you reached out and i looked in i always do and I just take my hat off to you. Like often people don't clap the loudest for people that are doing good things in this world. And trusting that process is what really drew me to it because I think there's too many people, as we spoke in the podcast, going from A to Z and not too many talking about A to B to C to D and the struggles. Yeah. So, mate, what you're doing in the world is is fantastic. So from Sydney, Australia to Vancouver, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Glenn. And to the viewers and listeners of the Personal Process Podcast, thank you for tuning in on another episode, and we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Hey, everyone. Par, I'm back after another amazing episode with another amazing guest. We hope we added value into your life so you could take the tips from this episode and fuel your process forward. If you enjoyed our episode today and think other friends or family members may also appreciate the lessons that our podcast brings, be sure to share us with them. Subscribe and rate our show so we know how we did. And always remember, trust the process.